I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. For the first time in two months, we are talking about a loss, an Illinois football loss, 23-15 to against Michigan State. Very disappointing loss for this team. We talked with the four captains uh, after the game, Tariq Barnes, Alex Palczewski, Isaiah Williams, and Sidney Brown, and, and Joey. Uh, Alex Palczewski was almost literally seething after this loss, feeling what a lot of fans are feeling, feeling what Brett Bielema was feeling after this game. Uh, which is a ton of disappointment given what they have to play for. College football playoff is now out the window for this team. Still a lot to play for. We'll talk about that. But, Joey, a lot of issues that we saw with this team during a win streak that didn't hurt them all came up and popped up today. Special teams, red zone, fourth down, uh, defending tight ends and running backs. We'll dive into all of that. But this looked a lot like the last East Division opponent you had in Indiana these two games had a lot of those similarities. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been two months, but to quote Miss Pam Beasley, they're the same picture. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's Illinois. And, and now that's that kind of – I feel like that takes more away from Michigan State than should be taken away. But Illinois got in its way a lot. And it's, and it's everything you said, stuff that they've kind of skated by. I think the two biggest, Jeremy, red zone issues, special teams. Those have been – we can dive – I mean, we will dive into it, the, the other stuff, the running backs getting out there, that whole deal – but those are the two glaring ones that we've talked about red zone in the sense that it's kept them from scoring more points, getting more of that sexy buzz nationally. Special teams, you've skated by uh, since that Indiana game, but so many parallels between the two. It, it was – I only got in its way. And like you said, there's still a lot there, but you're also like yeah. – That buzz, that momentum, that chance to kind of have the storybook Memorial Stadium ending for these seniors – that's delayed. It's, that was, is, is, we haven't seen Illinois play like that since Indiana. I think it's yeah. the point of it. It's, they played much better football than what they played today. Yeah, but I think we all saw during those games, Joey, like they should have beat Minnesota by way more than they did. They should have beat Virginia by way more than they did. Let's start with the offense because, boy, they moved the ball incredibly well today. And, and, and that's where I'll give Barry Lonnie Jr. We'll get to him here in a second. I give him a lot of credit, like 20 to 20 or even today, 1 to 20. They moved the ball extremely well. I mean, Illinois today uh, outgained uh, Michigan State 441 to 291. 441 yards in a Big Ten game is enough to win. But they only scored 15 points. Now, part of that is they didn't kick field goals today, right? Because they were going into the wind on most of these. And Brett Bielma, I asked him about it afterwards, was kicking just off the table into the wind. He said, we need to get to the 18. said he would have gone to the 20, um, but they just didn't uh, have faith in that today. The wind certainly had an impact on the game, and Michigan State handled it way better in Illinois. But inside the 20, 
Barry Lunny Jr. and this offense have not been very good, whether it's play calling, execution, I think it's a mix of both those, or the offensive line just not being able to block enough to get Chase Brown into the end zone or Tommy DeVito in the end zone. All of that has been there for weeks. In the last four games, and that includes three Big Ten West wins, Illinois has four touchdowns on 16 red zone attempts. You knew that was going to come back and haunt them at some point, whether it was Michigan, whether it was Big Ten Championship game, whether it was Purdue, or today. It ended up being today because you got the ball inside the red zone four times. Now, some of those were just inside the 20, but still, you got to find a way to come out with points. Illinois came out with points one time today. Yeah, and it's interesting because we thought the off week was going to be that opportunity to remedy that for them, and we saw them remedy the turnover thing the first one. We thought, okay, well, you got to benefit the outsides with, they'll figure it out. And then you combine that with Josh McCray's availability, which still seems not clear to me. Uh, he, he did get his most snaps of the season today, I think. Yeah, he left early against Wyoming. But it's, they, they're just not getting it done in there. And the, the offensive line as a whole, red zone and beyond, left a lot to be desired from what we've seen of that offensive line for the last six games. But the red zone, I mean – we, we talked about it. You clean that up, and a lot of things look different, but Indiana again, right? You get down in the red zone, you miss opportunities, and you cannot, yeah. you can't do that to get to where you want to go. And, and we talked about it, Jeremy, on the podcast on Thursday, and Brett Bielema, I'm paraphrasing, but mentioned it again when he said margin for error is just not yeah. there right now. And I think that's not to say this team's not talented or they don't have – but you've got to be very crisp. And, and for six weeks they've largely been – 70% more crisp than not, but when you start to lose that percentage, that's when those issues crop up and bite you. Yeah, and let's be honest. Like I, I want Illinois to be to a point where if it's fourth and one, or let's say third and three, the third and two, like those downs are as big as whatever the fourth down is sure. where you're 0 for 4. Like they need to be able to convert, and Alex Palcheski was pissed about that. Like I get it. Like sometimes you got to have some kind of counter to that, but at some point you want to impose your will as an offensive line. And Illinois struggled with that today. And, and Alex Palczewski basically was saying, I think we got ahead of ourselves, maybe not to next week against Purdue, but play to play. We need to convert and focus on every play. And today maybe they got ahead of themselves there. He said, he said, we're waiting for someone to kind of give it to us. And he's like, we got to go take it. And that. That, to me, not to divert off too much of our initial, but that seemed like where he was most pissed about, right? Because it's, nothing's been given to this team since he's been here. Yeah. And I think that's where it kind of really just had him had him angry. And you do. You have to. If you want the fourth and one, go get it. Yeah. Go go pick that up. You have a defensive line going against you that's lost everybody. I mean, it's, it's depleted. It's broken. Get that push and go get it. And, and Brett Bielema talked about straining more. Just those things needed to come together. Yeah, and I, I get it. Like when you have a failed pitch on a fourth down or you have a failed fourth down throw and goal when you could have taken a huge like huge early tone setter if you score off the Sidney Brown interception on the first play of the game, right? If, if, if Chase Brown goes down, scores, or if you convert on that pass on fourth down, you're feeling great about yourselves. But I can get why Barry Loney feels like he needs to do some of those things when you aren't getting those tough yards in between the tackles. And this brings up for me, like Josh McCray had three carries for four yards today. I'm, I'm really interested to follow up with Brett Bielma. It wasn't top of mind today with everything going on, but wh where is he at? Because you would love to have him in situations like that. And he had a couple carries uh, on one drive. But I'll say like, that, that's where you need Josh McCray. That's where you've missed him this year, and, and he hasn't been available. Like the Tommy DeVito run, I got it because that's what you've been good at. Like Tommy DeVito's actually been a good runner 
inside the goal line, but they're not executing, right? They didn't execute the throw. Where Pat Bryant's open, they went to Isaiah Williams. Isaiah Williams seemed to trip up a little bit, and, and you don't convert, you don't get points. Uh, and then that Tommy DeVito run wasn't all that well blocked, and Michigan State, to their credit, snuffed it out. So Barry Lonnie said he evaluated these things in the red zone, but whatever they did didn't work. I asked Brett Bielma afterwards, what do you guys got to do from here? And he said, maybe we got to look at our personnel. We're running a lot of 11 and 12 personnel. Maybe we got to change up some things there. Everything should be on the table because these red zone issues, scoring touchdowns on red zones has been an issue all season long. And when you couldn't settle for three today in these kind of win conditions, it certainly impacted. Yeah, it's even more interesting because we've seen the last two weeks some of those rollouts to the tight ends more, and it just seems like those disappear yeah. when you get down. And I'm interested to ask Barry Lunny about that, but – just seems like when you're when you're down, especially like when we say red zone, I think like in my mind, I'm thinking like inside the seven, right? Like that's where it seems to really, really stall out for them. And it's just it seems like their option is Chase Brown. Like that's what we, I feel like we see a lot. But they're of going it. to it and it's not working. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like what else? What else is on the card? Because it feels like those situations generally in. I keep going back to Indiana three straight times. It was Chase Brown run like. What, and I know they did have a pass on that first possession, but what are the other options there? Yeah, um, and yeah, I think Tip Ryman needs to get more involved. I know Luke Ford's not a great athlete, but he's a big body. Pat Bryant and Brian Hightower don't seem to be targeted there more. Um, you know, I don't want to throw fade passes, but I thought Lonnie's play call got Pat Bryant open. I actually thought that was a miss by Tommy DeVito, right? Like Tommy DeVito went to Isaiah Williams, who was a little bit more covered. I thought Pat Bryant was closer to him and was open. You got to execute those things. But Barry Lonnie's got to figure this thing out because you knew it was going to come back and haunt him at some point. It certainly haunted him today. Special teams, we know this hasn't been a good unit. Uh, and Hugh Robertson has really struggled with consistency. He's had some good games, some good moments. Today was as bad as I've seen him, of course. I was watching him before the game kicking into the wind, and it looked ugly. Like It looked like he didn't know exactly what was happening. One, he punted 20 yards into the wind. Um, I guess that might happen in this kind of wind it was bad out there but to m drop the punt and say the wind caught it like you can't have that Hugh, Hugh Robertson has not been great with his operation this year he's had way too many shanks he was part of the reason you lost against Indiana he was definitely part of the reason you you lost today and Bryce Berenger former line I walk on um who was behind Blake Hayes early on I think it's Bryce Barons. That's Bre you thinking of Brett Barons? I said Bryce Barringer. 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 Yeah, like, Bre Bryce, Bryce Barringer um, yes. was a former line I walk on. Understandably, he moved on because Blake Hayes was here. Uh, he was fantastic. He was a huge reason Michigan State won today. But that wasn't the only special teams miscue. Peyton Vining didn't call a fair catch, and it was at the seven-yard line. It looked like it was bouncing out of bounds, too. Yeah. Maybe not. I, it's hard to see from our angle, but – Seven yards, that's terrible. Two kickoffs into the wind. Like, that almost hurt Illinois when Michigan State was kicking into the wind because two of them were almost recovered by Michigan State. Illinois was, really wasn't prepared for that. Uh, and then Isaiah Williams let one go over his head that, that felt like it could have been a big return if he, if he would have caught it. Uh, so, Sean Snyder's group was bad today. Uh, it was, it's not been a good group all season. Uh, so, that they need a lot of things to clean up. I know wind really impacted it, Joey, but – Michigan State didn't seem too impacted by it. Average field position. This is so telling to me. Illinois at the own 24, and we'll get to why that's a little skewed here in a second. Michigan State owned 38. Illinois had seven or 12 total drives. Seven started at the 20 or between the 20 and the end zone. That is, I mean, they could never flip the field. Yep. 
And when the offense did stall out, and Michigan State delivered that punt that landed inside the one, they just – they answered. They handled the wind. And that's why I'm so hesitant to say, like, oh, well, the wind. You do have to acknowledge it played a factor yeah. in this game. But there's a lot more that went into it. That Like, it was just not an organized bunch. And Brian Barnhart, I heard on the radio, he said, this is an adventure. <laughs> that's probably – being a little a little nice on it that that group has has really struggled to find any level of consistency we've seen Peyton Vining got benched for Pat Bryant yep. uh, late in the second half at some point in the second half yes since that opening return of the season it, it's not gone very well back there no and and punt return Isaiah Williams I, he let it bounce over his head I think because I think we talked about it, maybe couldn't get a read on it. Either way, you're you're letting it go over your head inside the twenty. That's probably more times than not the right decision, and you tip your hat. But it's just a, a, a comedy of errors on yeah. special teams, and it hurt them like crazy. Well, and here we got to take into account the average field position for Illinois was their own twenty-four, and their first drive was the only one that started in Michigan State territory, and it was because of the interception. Everyone after that was. They were losing field position, losing field position basically time after time after time. And special teams have been an issue all year. Fourth down, Illinois has actually been pretty good on fourth down this year. 0 for 4 today. Now, some of those were late as Illinois was was going for it on some long downs there. But, you know, the offensive line wasn't very good today. And I, I don't know how much to take into account of that um, because I think they've been pretty solid all year. But getting those tough yards and then protecting Tommy DeVito um, – I got to go back and look at the film, and I'm not sure how much we can see from it. But um, the offensive line struggled more than I thought they would against a Michigan State defense, Joey, that certainly was down a lot of bodies, especially at defensive end. Give Mel Tucker credit for the injury strategy. Uh, that, That was clearly suspicious. They were having so many injuries, and those guys were coming back. Brett Bielma mentioned that in the post game. I'm sure he's going to be talking with the officials after that about that one. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to go. You just don't. I'm not saying that's why. No, Illinois no, no. Was. I know, and it, it's hard. It's just such a fine line, right? Like there was some suspicion to it, but it's we're up here. Right? Like it's it's hard, but yeah, there it raised some eyebrows in post game for sure. Let, let me bring this up. I want to say it. Um, Hugh Robertson struggling. It's his first year as a starter. Illinois needs to upgrade that position. That's why they're bringing in Declan Dooley, right? Like part of the reason, kicker and punter, they're adding a scholarship guy. It's clear this season why, right? Like they, they don't have enough faith in those guys, and they shouldn't. They need to bring in more competition at that position, and they're bringing two guys who are scholarship guys. Yeah, and Brett Bielema has talked about their concerns about consistency dating back to fall camp. So I, I asked myself, what are the, what are the personnel options do you have? And it sounds like Fabrizio Pintone, who kind of I guess the do it all foot of him, and he said Caleb Griffin can punt. But I didn't get the sense. Maybe you took a different sense from it, Jeremy. That really a lot of options there. Uh, it just doesn't strike me as – no, I know we said that with Caleb Griffin and then came Fabrizio Pimpone and, and had a good couple games, but I just – I don't know what the answer is to that other than Declan Dooley gets here in January and hope he's a really good freshman. i, I got to dive into the numbers, um, but I'm really interested to see with the offense. They, I mean, they moved the ball. Um, you know, late in the game they were able to move the ball into the wind. They did not take advantage of the wind. Right, uh, Michigan State seemed to do that a little bit more today. I mean, Michigan State, 291 yards. Um, but it just felt like Illinois did not take advantage of that. I don't think Illinois, though, is built to throw the ball downfield all that well. I, I don't think Tommy DeVito's been ac- as accurate on downfield throws, but they didn't test it a lot uh, early. Don't have a lot of guys who can get sit, uh, separation 
know, Pat Bryan, I love him on the RPO game, the slants. I, I would like to see more of those on first downs, I think, uh, to get first downs, set you up a little bit better, uh, you know, make them think you're going to throw the ball a little bit more. Isaiah Williams need to get the ball more. I thought he was fantastic on, on offense today. Kudos to Chase Brown and Pat Bryant for the downfield blocking on the 60-yard touchdown, but I, I thought they needed to get him the ball more. Like you mentioned it, when they had a tunnel screen, that was a great first play. Uh, just mix it up a little bit more because Michigan State was obviously selling out for Chase Brown, who still found his way to 136 yards. Yeah, I really liked the tunnel screen. It, it kind of, to me, and you know, you go back and watch it, but like it felt different. Like Nebraska felt like a slow developing screen on the Hank Beatty play. The tunnel screen, get your guy with some, men, some momentum to get in there and get upfield. Yeah, I, I, how many touches did Isaiah Williams have today? He had five receptions today for, for 98 yards. He's a guy I need to get the ball eight to ten times a game at least. Yeah, and it's not new information, right? No. So sometimes it feels like – Because he's your big play guy. I mean, Chase Brown can, but he's got to get to the second level. And you know, some of those aren't, aren't happening a lot. He's been more than five, six yards, get a 12-yard gain here, big first down. Isaiah Williams is your game breaker. That's why you need to recruit a Malik Elsey. That's why you need to recruit uh, a Keon Coleman, who Devin Witherspoon was fantastic on, by the way. Uh, you need more of those guys in the passing game. And that showed up today. Casey Washington made a great downfield catch late in the game. I didn't get to see the replay, but that play was another one where Tommy DeVito didn't realize he wasn't out of bounds. I know some people on here are saying he was out of bounds, wasn't out of bounds. Either way, that needs to be communicated and, and Tommy DeVito needs to know it because that ticked off too much time. And then to throw it inbounds on the final play, like that's just – you can't – got to throw it towards the end zone or throw it out of bounds. you got to live to play another day. Yeah, really those were the two kind of outliers on that last drive. I thought Tommy DeVito on that last drive was composed, threw it away when he needed to throw it away, had a really good grasp of things. I, I saw a replay, maybe Casey Washington's butt came down inbounds. I don't – again – Regardless of, of whether it was or wasn't, like the communication has yeah. to be there. Can't let that much time go away. And, and I'm not to go too far off here. I mean, you mentioned Keon Coleman, Devin Witherspoon was his primary, the guy primarily in coverage. And you saw there was razor thin margins on the other side. Taz Nicholson left early in the first half with an injury. Terrell Jennings came in, okay, I, I guess, and left with an injury. In comes Tyler Strain. He's now your fourth cornerback. It's not ideal to have on Jaden Reed. He made a nice play, but he also got burned a couple times. That's that's what you're still fighting is, is that depth, that, that fall off at certain positions. And I do. I, I don't know if they've got a cornerback beyond three. And, and your third would be Terrell Jennings. That's not exactly – I mean, it's a D2 transfer, right? So it's, there's still some depth concerns there. Yeah, and injuries is something that Illinois has been fortunate with so far this year. So it did come up. I mean, Jaden Reed, five catches, 68 yards. If you had told me before the game, him and, you know, Keon Coleman are going to be under 80 yards for the game, like you're, you're going to take that. Uh, but the one thing Michigan State did well, just like Nebraska, is teams have scouted Illinois now, and, and they're seeing they're having issues with the running back screens. I think that's Illinois' aggression. Uh, the defensive line needs to do a better job of recognizing it's too easy to get in the backfield, which – I guess for them, it's been easy to get in the backfield most of the year. Uh, but the tight ends uh, got going a little bit. Not Daniel Barker, by the way, but the other tight ends had a few catches. But seven catches for 70 yards. I'm interested to ask uh, Ryan Walters about that. You can't you can't account for everything. You can't shut down everything against you know Michigan State team that's got some good talent. But um, that certainly is something teams are scouting for. And I guess you'd rather give Jalen Berger a catch than Keon Coleman a catch or something like that. 
Yeah, but it's now the the concern to me is you've seen it really exposed in the last two weeks, and and I bet Jeff Brom is going to be in tune to to that when he goes on film. I bet Jim Harbaugh is going to be in tune to that when they go back on film. Like you've got to, you that to me is is one thing on defense you've really really got to shore up. And I, we say that in the line did allow some chunk and, and timely runs by Michigan State. This was not really the defense we'd seen. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't like what we'd previously seen in the past, Jeremy, but it was it was just kind of leaky at really inopportune times. Yeah, and, and the fourth down conversion to, to Jalen Berger I thought was huge, uh, the wheel route. Because Illinois, I mean, defensively they gave up, you know, what, uh, 14 in the third quarter. That really hurt, but they did show up uh, in, in the fourth quarter, and they were put in some bad situations in, in the second half with some of those turnovers on downs by Illinois. But – yeah, you saw a defense with some flaws today. You saw them give up some chunks. Jaden Reed got going, and in the red zone, they couldn't hold them, right? They, Michigan State was able to score touchdowns uh, on three of the four red zone opportunities that they had. So, you know, when your defense wasn't great, you needed your offense to bail them out a little bit, and the offense wasn't uh, certainly able to do that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Um, before we get to your questions, and you can put in your questions as you want here on the live YouTube, we love doing this for the post game. It's a little angrier today, understandably so. Before we get to that anger, Illinois has a lot to play for still. Now, they can't clinch technically against Purdue next week, but if they beat Purdue, Joey, they basically need one more win, and they're going to win the Big Ten West. So you still have the Big Ten West Championship to play for. You're still in contention for a New Year's Six Bowl, though Penn State certainly is in better line to do that. But you're still in line for a great bowl game, uh, a winning Big Ten season, uh, a winning season overall. Uh, you just can't let one loss turn into another. You need a, a response like you had after Indiana. And, you know, Anger might not be a bad thing if it gets you focused and it makes you better uh, during the week of preparation against a Purdue team that certainly has flaws but certainly is dangerous. Yeah, look, I know a lot of people might not be loving this particular portion of the conversation, but but it is still on the table. It just changes the schedule. And remember, Northwestern's still on the schedule, so it's, it comes down it, – it was always going to come down to Purdue, right? It just changes what that looks like. But it is disappointing and because when we alluded to it earlier on the podcast, there was a storybook story kind of waiting to be told of these seniors who have just gotten it handed to them, 63 – twice hung on him here in 2018 it was the eastern michigan loss in night like all of those things that were just i don't know old illinois football i, I don't i think i mean if this is what new illinois football is where it's kind of a way to wash that out of the system and leave here for the last time for those seniors as big 10 west champions but 
that still is there. And that is, that's what I think Brett Bielema and some of those, those voices in the locker room have to make sure is being conveyed that this doesn't wash away what those goals, those goals are still on the table, but the response is really big. And the response is a Purdue team that we think is good. <laughs> um, I think they're a great passing team. Yeah. If Aiden O'Connell isn't great, they're not a very good team. Because everything else, like they lost George Karloftis, they lost David Bell, they, you know, Charlie Jones is great, uh, but it feels like they're almost a two-man team at times. And I don't want to take away their running backs have they played pretty well. Maccabee and Derue are solid, but in the trenches, Illinois needs to win this game. You just can't turn it over like, like they have. And, and today, it's not technically, you know, they had a Chase Brown fumble, which that was a huge fumble. We didn't bring that That's up yet. Point, uh, yeah. They were driving. They were what inside the forty there. Had a great block. Chase Brown, it just felt like he didn't see the hit coming uh, and, and fumbles the ball, which is a rarity for Chase. Chase takes so many hits, and it feels like, oh, that's going to come out. And it doesn't. So that was a huge play. You know, a guy who's been so good for you felt like everything that could go wrong that usually hasn't gone wrong for Illinois did today. Um, and that certainly was a big play. But Illinois, they can't have those, right? I mean, that's what we've talked about. If Coming into this game, it was like Michigan State can give you a game if you turn it over, if you don't execute, if you have some key penalties, you don't convert in the red zone, and all those things came back to haunt them today. But I think Illinois is the better team than Purdue, but they can't have a bad day, right? And I think I think of that of every opponent because Michigan certainly is good. They're in a battle right now with Rutgers. I think Illinois can compete, and I think Illinois on its best day can win there. But Northwestern's given Ohio State a game today. I know it was windy up in Evanston. Elements favored them, but Northwestern can still compete with you. And, and if you play like you did today or against Indiana, you know, those are two under 500 teams. Those are two not very good Big Ten teams. Um, any team left on the schedule can give you a scare and, and force you to lose. Yeah, that's right. And I, I do think, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but it feels like these are the outlier games, right? I mean, we just have enough of a body of work now that for seven of these games this year, it's not been missed. But these things can still crop up and really ruin your best laid plans. 2011, 6-0. Ohio State comes in here. You have a bad game, and all of a sudden the season seemed to go downhill. Minnesota lost all of that. I mentioned to uh, Cassie Arner, who was the SID back in the day at Illinois, now has a higher role. Um, Illinois, 2007, beat Ohio State, went to Iowa, sleepy, mistake-prone game, lost 10-6. to That kept them from winning a Big Ten championship that year um, now that one didn't make the season go downhill they lost to Michigan I believe later on in that season uh, but they still were able to get to a Rose Bowl still went nine and three you know go to a great bowl game it was a great season this could still be a great season uh, but they just can't let one loss turn into two which credit to them they didn't with Indiana yeah I, I kind of didn't believe that this was going to be a trap game because I didn't think Illinois was in a position to be trapped by anyone but it did turn out like that and do you think it was do you think they overlooked Michigan State I don't know. I think Michigan State, you got to give credit to them. They came in after just a miserable freaking week, right? And they came in and played their butts off. I always think it's good to go on the road, too. You get on the road, you get away from that. Sure, yeah. You get here, away, you know, and fans are yelling at you. Daniel Barker's pumped up. Felt like he felt scorned. Like, he didn't get run off. They wanted him back. I didn't understand that whole thing. Uh, but Barker got an unsportsmanlike conduct. It was like good old times with Daniel <laughs> Barker. Uh, no catches for him today, but but his team gets out with a win, and he's liking all the tweets from, from Illinois people about Daniel Barker. But, um, yeah, they, they seem to rally around it. 
I thought Mel Tucker gave his team a chance to lose by throwing the ball with a minute left and giving Illinois a chance to win. Uh, but kudos to those guys. I thought Peyton Thorne, I thought their offensive coordinator was fantastic today with some of the play calls he had. Played a heck of a game. When, when to be honest, we didn't think this was going to be very close. And, and they probably had no business playing, winning this game, just given what they were down personnel-wise. But I still don't know. Was it a trap? I, I have no earthly idea. It's a trap. <laughs> Mark, cut that up. Put that at the end. Is, of is, is that is that the name of this? It's a trap. Is it? It might be. <laughs> Did we find the name? Usually we have to sit here and it just yeah. ends up being like Illinois loses to Michigan State and yeah. all of our creative juices are gone. I don't know, man. That was not what I expected. And, and I guess I will at some point wonder what if what not what if not the wind? What? But that's not. That's like the number seven thing. I think that should really be. And listen, you play in Champaign, Illinois, at Memorial Stadium, which this I guess is not new information. Yes, I mean the arc now and the the student section do help it a little bit, but man, it's gonna swirl uh, in Champaign, Illinois. So you got to be used to that. Just haven't had to deal with it um, this season. So it obviously impacted special teams. I didn't think it impacted the passing game quite as much uh, as as I thought it would. The attendance was great today. Not a sellout, but fifty six thousand. 92. I would hope another 50,000 crowd next uh, next game for Senior Day and a chance to not clinch, but to put a stranglehold on the Big Ten West because Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota are technically still in the race. Purdue certainly is still in the race. So I'm uh, going to take maybe another win after that to, to clinch or some other losses from other teams. Uh, but so much to play for next week. Illinois has a chance to win a Big Ten West title with three games left, with two more wins. Uh, so still a, a ton to play for. Let's get to your questions. If we miss anything or you got any questions or, or comments, uh, we'll get to some of yours. Special teams was terrible, Dominic said. Need a new punter and someone that knows what they're doing fielding kickoffs. Yeah, special teams was a huge reason. Um, Illinois lost today. And what I find interesting is we talked to Sean Snyder when he first got here, and he was wanted to be aggressive. Everything was about aggression and Isaiah Williams back on punt and kick return so that you have somebody who can, you know, get field position. That's aggression sometimes seems to have hurt Illinois. Um, and Bielma seems to have adjusted back towards more, just get the ball. You know, we saw Hank Beatty just catch the ball. We'll, we'll take possession and move on. But also just some of the, you know, Caleb Griffin early on, was, was he messed up a little bit technically? Hugh Robertson seems like a mess technically right now so that's stuff i think sean snyder really needs to work on yeah and remember with hugh they kind of tinkered with some of the some of his technique and it's it's not it's worked enough i mean he has had some pretty good games objectively good games in the middle of that stretch but man when it's ugly it gets you yeah uh court said thought all the cfp daydreaming would end against the michigan team didn't expect it to be against this crap sparty team embarrassing level of focus fire and execution by players and coaches both I mean, I, I thought they just made a lot of mistakes. I mean, talking to the players, they Bielma said they had a great week of practice. You never know what they're feeling inside if they're they're like, oh, Purdue next week and scoreboard watching. This team's done a pretty good job of that stuff. I just thought they didn't execute well, and I thought Michigan State, who he thought was going to be better this year, finally started to look pretty good, especially offensively. Yeah, it's, and Illinois just made – as many errors as it could make to get out of there with the loss. Chris, I'm not a fan of Lonnie's play calling, but I think he can improve. It's easy to pick apart certain play calls, um, and certainly there are ones. I can't wait to talk to, to Jay Lehman about it. Again, I, it's hard when you're in the red zone there, Joey, when you can't just run over people, right? They seem to do that 20 to 20, but they can't just physically out 
muscle everybody every time and you give it to Chase a couple times and you don't get in the end zone, you might have to do something differently, right? And some of those times those aren't executed. Like I thought Tommy DeVito had Pat Bryan open, didn't make the play. Uh, other times I thought Barry Lunny probably outthought himself, you know, the pitch. When it works, it works, but – you know, his, they certainly aren't working, and Barry Lundy needs to reevaluate. And I think Barry, Brett Bielma talked about that. Like, we need to reevaluate our personnel, everything in the red zone, because it's a recurring problem. So you can't do the same thing over and over again. What happened to the quarterback sneak? That was bothersome. Fourth and was a fourth and goal, and then there was a fourth and one, where it's like get him under center. I think they need to get him under center more in those short things, just so you have the threat of that. And then if you want to pitch it to Chase, or you want to just throw it up the gut, whatever it is. But I think they need to get him under center. Yeah, I, you have a body of work at Wisconsin where it was really, really effective. I, I just, we, I don't think we've seen it since Madison, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Sean, that was rough, but they'll pull it together for next week. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll listen. This team is not perfect, right? I think we knew that all season. Like this is not a perfectly talented team. Like they're not really made to come back, though they had the opportunity. Uh, to come back. This is a team that needs to have few mistakes, play well defensively, run the football, and be efficient passing the ball, uh, and not hurt themselves on special teams. They weren't able to do that today, and they had to come back, and um, they weren't able to do it. Yeah, we haven't seen this team. I, after Michigan State went up, was it 15 or 16? I think so. this is the biggest deficit they faced all season, and I believe yes, uh, it was, right? Indiana didn't quite get that high. Uh, but, yeah, we – I, I it's wonder, the first time I think this team's been down two possessions. Yeah, I, I wonder what it what it looks like. I wonder what it looks like this team having to play from behind. But hey, at least Sean's in here. Had to keep keep morale up, man. Um, Steven, Big Ten needs to discipline MSU. Yeah, that was that was definitely. It was disturbing how many injuries they were having, but it was also questionable, right? Like, it was it was time after time, and the refs at some point need to take control of that and say, you can't keep doing this. You're going to get flagged if these guys keep coming back in the games. But how can you do that? Like, it's hard to know, is this guy being serious or not? But I'm sure Bielma is going to have um, an issue with that. Eric asked, what happened on the final play of the game? Brian Hightower caught the ball short of the sticks. Yeah, I, I saw people alluding to a flag. I don't remember seeing a flag. The question that they looked over and reviewed was, did he get the first down and was down before the fumble, to which you could have gotten up there and gotten one more playoff. It, ideally, he was behind the line. The clock would have never stopped. I, I don't know about the flag. I didn't see that out there. Yeah, Eric asked, why did they run the clock on the Casey Washington catch? He clearly got out of bounds. I didn't see a replay of that, but it certainly looked like his – but could have been inbounds. And if so, the clock stops, right, um, when you get a first down, but it runs once you start. That was 15, 16 seconds off the clock, and it felt like Tommy DeVito did, was just not aware of that. And whether he thought he was out of bounds or not, it needs to be communicated. And Tommy DeVito, in, in the rush of all that, didn't seem to know that. I'm not blaming Tommy. It's just he didn't know. Uh, and it certainly was costly to have that many. Yeah, we, I got a replay of oh, the Twitter machine. Never mind. <laughs> um, feels like Casey Washington has one huge play game. Why not use him more third and fourth downs? Or the red zone. Oh, yeah, they use him a lot uh, on third and fourth downs. Brian Hightower had a great catch on that final drive as well. I do wonder, like, you know, those guys don't get a lot of separation, but Casey and Brian do fight. Pat Bryant fights uh, for, for contested catches. Uh, does Vito trust it in short windows, right? Like in, in very small windows, can you trust one of those guys to go up and catch a ball? Yeah. Uh, Casey Washington was down. He was down in bounds. Yeah, so, the, the elbow here looks – it 
but his, his knee and his butter down before he was in bounds. Yeah, that's a good call. But that's got to be communicated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, Casey Washington's a big part of this rotation, right? I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it. And could they go to him more? I suppose, but still, there's still limitations in this wide receiver room, and we've talked about it a lot. Is I think the bigger need is to be able to get downfield. Like that, to me, is the biggest need here. Uh, let's see if we got any others here. Uh, the only thing worse than the refs was the one TV commentary. I think it was Matt Millen. I talked to Matt Millen, by the way, about the talent on this team, a former GM. He's got a spotty record as a GM, but he had some really interesting things. I thought Luke Ford was a five-star tight end. He was a four-star, top 50, uh, top 100 guy. Uh, Luke's a really good blocker, big physical guy. Had a couple catches. Like him and Tip Ryman got involved a little bit. I think that tight ends um, are a nice little – I don't know, surprised other teams, just like it was for Michigan for Michigan State's offense today, getting the ball to the running backs in the passing game, getting the ball to the tight ends. I feel like that's a nice counter for a group that's so focused on a running back or so focused on a Jaden Reed or an Isaiah Williams. Those tight ends can find ways to get open because people think they're not going to go out for routes or they're that big of a um, threat in the passing game. And, and those guys have found some first down catches. Like Tip Ryman had two first down catches, I believe, today. Michael Marquez had a big one where he tumbled over. Uh, and Luke Ford, I think they've gotten the tight ends a little bit more involved here recently. But some of those red zone, I don't think you need three tight ends at the same time. But if you can get a rollout, we haven't seen a lot of rolling out for Tommy DeVito in the red zone. Yeah, look, at this point, uh, it might sound more rude than I intend, but if your expectations are still that top 54-star guy for Luke Ford, might I suggest for this final stretch recalibrating? I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, there's a body of work to kind of show what his strengths are as a blocker and, and some of the limitations in the passing game. I thought today he was, exactly to your point, effective enough in the receiving game. Uh, but it, it's just kind of who it is. I don't really know a better way to put it. Just kind of what it is now. Sean asked, did Brett give any injury updates on uh, Jennings and Nicholson? Nicholson sounds like a concussion. Has he had one before the season? I feel like he, he maybe did. Don't quote me on that. But Nicholson, he sounded like a concussion. Jennings, he didn't specify. He did say one might be a serious injury. We're not quite sure. Um, let's see. Someone else. Cor- remember Nicholson left the Iowa game. He, yes. he and Isaiah Williams were in that discussion for the protocol. Court said, how excited should we be about a Big Ten West title? I've already seen TV commentators making fun light of it. Is it really an accomplishment if it's all about the poverty of your competition? Yes. yes. Stop, Court. Good Lord. Stop. Stop. It's a Big Ten West title. Like, this program, yes, you should be excited about it. No matter how you get it, whether it's nine wins or whatever, that is is an accomplishment this program has never had. It gets you to a Big Ten championship game, and whether you get crushed by Ohio State or you lose to Michigan, whatever it is, who cares? It's a sign of your program taking a huge step forward. And let me quote Isaiah Williams. The season is not over, right? Like, you have still so much to play for. A postseason game in Indianapolis for a Big Ten championship. Are you going to win? I don't know. But you have a chance, potentially, to win a Big Ten championship, a Big Ten West title, and then a Big Ten championship game if you do that. You have a chance to go to a Citrus Bowl or put yourself in a New Year's Six Bowl, which sounds iffy after today. But all those things are on the table. Wisconsin wasn't apologizing for West titles. Iowa doesn't apologize for West titles. And you should, you should love those because as these conferences get bigger and bigger, Big Ten titles for a team like Illinois are going to be very difficult to get. And that's why I don't like the divisions going away, especially because if you win an eight-team division or right now a seven-team division, 
that's meaningful to me. Like, I, I think that should mean something when not everybody gets into the college football playoff. Like, it's a very limited amount of people. So until this expands to 12 teams, like winning a Big Ten West title usually is going to put you in the conversation for the college football playoff once it expands to 12. So, yes, it is meaningful and significant for any Big Ten West program, but especially Illinois. That was dead, Jeremy Lecture. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Look, even if it's – are our teams going to make light? Look, I, I don't think it matters. Who cares if people say, oh, they got here by winning the West? You got there. That's like a Pac- Pac-12 North title. I don't think Colorado – was apologizing, whoever would win that division that was awful. Who cares? You have a chance to win. And for a program like Illinois, there are very few of those years where you're even in the mix for it. That's right. And that's one more game. So Illinois still has the potential to play 14 games this season. That's more exposure for your program. Like that is, to me, outside, I mean, yeah, you want to go there. You want to give yourself, as Brad Underwood across the street says, give yourself as many bites as the apple as you can. That's exposure. That's calling a recruit you're trying to get and say, it's my second year here. It's our second year as a coaching staff. We just won the Big Ten West. Like this, don't apologize. Don't overthink it. Don't give it back. Yes. Go to Indianapolis. Watch them go to Indianapolis and understand that, like, did they catch the Big Ten West at the right time? Sure as hell they did. But it doesn't matter. You don't give it back. You don't think about it. You you go and, and you maximize whatever it is and, and run with what you've got. And, and let's let's just be real here. There's about six or seven or eight teams competing for the college football championship. All right? And then there's everybody else. Illinois is in that everybody else. And that's where Big Ten West titles matter. They climbed into that everybody else, yes. by the way. Yes. They were below everybody else for a long time. Illinois is in that everybody else. So you can get to certain things, but right now where Illinois is as a program, until they are Wisconsin and get Russell Wilson, like even Wisconsin really wasn't in that conversation all that much, right? So you got to celebrate these other things. you got to play for other things because not everybody really has a chance to win the college football playoff, if, if we're being real, unlike March Madness, unlike those things. But if you're Illinois basketball, dang right you're going to celebrate a Big Ten title. Uh, even if it's not a Final Four and everything you want, dang right you're going to celebrate a Sweet 16 once you get there. It's an accomplishment. Not many teams get to do this. And Iowa, Northwestern, and Wisconsin are the only Big Ten West teams to do it. Minnesota hasn't done it. Purdue hasn't done it. Nebraska hasn't done it. You would have that over those three programs. And like Joey said, it translates to recruiting. And if you recruit better than you are and and get more four-star talent, it's more likely you will be in competition for more of those and stay ahead of those other programs and maybe leap some other programs. So, yes, it matters. Yes, it matters. And, yes, people will say exactly what you said. Corb, what you said isn't like far – you know, like the the idea that Illinois got there because some other programs are down and Illinois is probably taking a bigger step than a lot of – of course. And, of course, people are going to say that. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in Indianapolis. It, it truly doesn't. And if, is, is, it, is it honest? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Illinois, but Illinois is taking advantage of a Big Ten that's down just like Brett Bielema took advantage of a when Penn State was down, Ohio State was down, and Michigan was down. He won three Big Ten championships. You know what it still says on his resume? Three Big Ten championships. Yeah, you don't, still happened. You don't give it back. Again, especially when you're trying to sell this new look regime here, that is – I cannot even believe we're talking about this. That is such a feather in the cap of a program to do that in year two and then just prove you can sustain it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know, but you're there. Just don't don't overthink it. Please don't overthink it. Don't go to your room court. Sorry, we didn't mean to lecture you. I, I understand your point. I did. I did mean to. Jen, that was, oh my goodness, that was a Jeremy lecture. I understand your point, but just 
Yes. I understand you're feeling bad today. You you feel bad today because your team lost when everything is sitting there in front of you. But let's be real. Like, yeah, Michigan State beat you. Today's a regrettable loss. Illinois players, Alex Bocheski certainly felt this way. Like, they're hurting way more than you guys. So, like, yes, that stinks uh, that you ended up losing this game and that you can't clinch a Big Ten West title next week. But you still can clinch that, and that is still very meaningful for this program. Um, St. Dominic said, uh, this is where you got to win some of these recruitment battles in Chicagoland uh, throughout Illinois, protect Illinois. Yeah, and there's some kids here today from Illinois. Luke Williams got an offer, 2024 kid out of Naperville. He's really high on Illinois, um, so that offer meant a lot to him. They had Brandon Hanson, a 2024 kid. But, yeah, Malik Elsey and Jair Hill winning these games has certainly helped Illinois get back into the mix. I don't think this one loss is going to impact those things. Uh, they see where this program is going, but you don't want to fall down and, and go back to how some of you guys, Illinois fans, might be feeling, oh, Illinois is back, they're going to lose more games than they win the rest of the year. Illinois has got to find a way to bounce back and, and get back, but they did that after a year. I also want to clean up. I don't remember who said I saw it somewhere in the comments. It's a housekeeping point. Illinois cannot clinch the West next week with the win over Purdue. They can put a stranglehold on it. They need two more wins. That, that, that's what it's going to come down to. Not to – I just want to make sure that there's not a misconception. They need to win two more. How, and you, Michigan's going to be a tough one, right? So you circle yeah. – Purdue and Northwestern as a two. They could win it with one more if the right losses happen elsewhere with Wisconsin, Iowa, because the great thing for Illinois right now is besides Purdue and Northwestern right now, but if they beat Purdue, everybody but Northwestern, they'd have the tiebreaker over. So if Wisconsin was five and four, Illinois was five and four, Iowa, Minnesota, whatever, Illinois would win that tiebreaker uh, as long as it's head-to-head. So there's just other scenarios, but if they beat Purdue, it'd be like a 98% chance that they would clinch. So basically they would, but statistically not yet. you got to take care of business against your West teams. If you go 6-0 against the West and 0-3 against the Big Ten East, you still win the Big Ten West. Yeah, and to control their own destiny narrative, like, there's two more, right? There's just two more. It's Purdue and, and Northwestern are the two games you should circle on that run. Uh, Dominic also said, I'm not feeling Barry. Sorry. What's our identity on offense? It's like a hodgepodge of high school offense crap. Um, Breathe, Dominic. Yeah, they moved the ball well. Uh, you know, offensive line, again, I don't think they had a, a great game. Uh, I know what they are. They're a team that moves the ball through the air with these quick passes. Um, but it's basically been, Joey, a team that – doesn't have a lot of explosive ability recently outside of Isaiah Williams. Like, Chase Brown can get some chunk runs. Since Wisconsin, I don't think he's had, like, this long breakaway. It's hard for a running back, right, especially when they're gearing up for you. Um, but outside of Isaiah Williams, there's not a guy who's, who's burning by people. No, that's right. And, again, there's flaws in the offense. I think Barry Lonnie's done a fine enough job this He's year. been an improvement. Like, we can all agree he's been an improvement but the flaws of the red zone are certainly there, and he needs to figure it out. In the follow-up, whoever Tennessee offensive coordinator is, hire that dude. He was here. He, he was here, and my guess is that's not a professional move that makes yeah, sense. Alex Golesh is not going to go from Tennessee to there. He's going to go to some head coaching <laughs> job. He's going to go to some head coaching job probably in the MAC at some point. Josh Heupel, I believe, probably does call a lot of the plays there. Um, yeah, Rutgers is beating Michigan 17-14, to 14, so – you can still get a 10-win season here, Joey. Elmo Fire. The Elmo Fire <laughs> the gif. Uh, look, I, I know we sound kind of scoldy, and I hate to do that because we do appreciate I everybody. never apologize. Well, as somebody who doesn't have children, to like, this is just like what you got to do. We, we don't mean to sound that. Just I understand there's frustration, but there's a lot left there 
No, Barry Lonnie, I don't think is going anywhere. No. Like, just, there, there are flaws. He needs, to, he needs to get better. Absolutely, especially in the red zone. I don't have this long list of concerns, to your point, from the 20 to 20 or the 1 to 20, but the red zone, it's just been a conversation that's happened a lot in the comments. The, the red zone does leave a lot to be desired. I 100% understand that. Brad P., maybe teams won't be as hot as for Ryan Walters after this loss. I guess you could only hope, but, yeah, they. I don't think today changes any I don't, of that. I don't think athletic directors – I don't know that one game is going to change the, the larger body of work. His, his future is very interesting uh, in, in terms of where people think he's ready for or not, but I don't know that this game swings the pendulum one way or the other. Uh, Court said the question he did because the Big Ten Network announcers were already making fun of it and us. Yeah, you got to fill time. you got to fill time. Who cares? Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, you're winning the lesser division. You still win a division. You still won your division against your peers for at least another year. And if you're winning the Big Ten West, you're a top five Big Ten team. I still think you're a top five Big Ten team. Are you as good as Penn State? We're not going to know. Uh, are you as good as Michigan? We'll find out in two weeks. Um, but can you beat Purdue and Northwestern? That's what matters most right now in the way the Big Ten is construed. Yeah, and look, maybe they are razzing about whoever's going to come out of the Big Ten West. But if you follow this program, if you cover the, like, there's so much more baked into it than yeah. just like, oh, they're razzing. I get your question. I, am, I, I do feel bad for Scolding. Penn, Penn State got crushed by Michigan, right? Like, um, Penn State did barely beat Purdue. Like, these happen. Wisconsin got trucked by Illinois, right? Like, I think Wisconsin's a better team than they've showed most of the year. But they got trucked by Illinois. They had some early struggles, lost at home to Washington State. These are going to happen. Like, these are going to happen under, like – you're going to be in a lot of close games. Illinois was in a close game today, and they ended up making too many mistakes to win it, whether it was special teams, all that. That's going to be the story of the next five, ten years, is you're going to have a lot of close games. You hope you win a lot more of them than you lose, but you're going to have some games like this because Illinois probably is not going to have Ohio State talent. No, and that's why special teams. You don't think about special teams as much when you're the Ohio States, the Michigans, the, the Alabama, Georgia, whatever of the world. But when you have the margin of victory, or the margin for error, I should say, that is smaller, yes, that's what's all kind of baked in there. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's They're going to be close games. Get used to it. Maybe you love it. Probably get stressed by it. I don't know. But it is what it is. Certainly a regrettable loss, one where Illinois had more first downs, more total yards, right, like all of that, uh, less penalties uh, in this game, even though they had a couple that were, were costly. You one time of possession. It's a lot like Indiana, man, uh, a lot like Indiana, and that's why Brett Bielma harps always on penalties, turnovers, mental errors, right? That's that's his always go-to phrase. Today, Illinois didn't take care of those things. they got to get back on the right track. Remember, they did win six straight games, five against Power 5 opponents, come home next week against Purdue, beat them, get a long way towards winning the Big Ten West, and then you go up Ann Arbor, still ranked. I think you're still going to be ranked after this week, right, um, at 7-2, and two. College football playoff, you might be just inside the top 25, but you're still ranked, chance to win the Big Ten West and go up to Michigan potentially with uh, the world to gain. The world to gain, and then you go to, I guess you could say this year, it would be Memorial Stadium North in Evanston, which should be a very pro-Illinois crowd in the final game, and still clinch it there if you don't until that point. So there's, there is a lot of dis- – I mean, remember when Lovey used to say all this? A lot of disappointment. A lot of disappointment today. And, and I get it. Like, he wasn't – Entirely wrong. We should never saw the other side of, of coming out of that. Remember, uh, man, Scott Ritchie said, you say that after a lot of games. When does it change? Well, <laughs> it like, didn't. Uh, I think that was Lovey's, uh the second to final game that he coached at Illinois. 
Yeah, I get it. And I, I'm interested. I think this is, and we talked about this in Indiana, the resolve. You're going to see the resolve and, and the metal of this team to how do they turn the page? Because, and, and Brad Bielma said, like, guys, 16 winning streaks, it's not really something they're used to. And I, I thought that was a really interesting point we didn't bring up earlier, Jeremy. But yeah, the, the resolve, the, the rebound, that's that's going to be fascinating against a Purdue team that can throw it around and that can really make life difficult. So we'll see what it looks like. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Alana Enquirer podcast. Appreciate you guys, especially you guys on the live podcast. Didn't mean court to, to go after you there. I just, I just wanted to speak to that thought. Like, I don't think you should care that other people think you're a lesser than because you're Illinois football and you're better than every other team in the Big Ten West if you win the Big Ten West title. I think that means a lot for this program. And that is still on the table despite a, yes, very disappointing loss today. And the final point on that, and there wouldn't really leave a lot of room for debate to say you're better than everybody else. Because if you go 6-0 and through the West, how, how do you debate that, know. right? Like, did you have a, an easier East swing? Sure, you lost both of them, so it doesn't matter. Like, if you sweep the West, which is what would be required, with largely, barring a, a win at Michigan – you're better than everybody else in the West. That's half of the Big Ten. And it's all relative for Illinois, right? You still got a lot in front of you and can have one of your best seasons of the last several decades. Thank you for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Give us the like button on YouTube, especially you guys doing the live. We appreciate your input throughout. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to do these. Uh, I know less so after a loss for many of you, but thanks for hanging out with us guys tonight. We'll have plenty coming up on Illini Enquirer. The start of basketball season is Monday. Uh, I talked to Matt Millen. I thought he was great talking about some of Illinois' NFL draft prospects, all of that coming up for you. We'll talk about everything that is on the table. Joey Wagner will have uh, a story on – why Illinois lost this game, kind of a lot of things we talked about here uh, today. So check all that out at Illini Enquirer. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.